check, check one, check two. Here we go, here we go, here we go. With another flow, another cannabis coffee hour with uh, your friend, your boy, your uh, podcast person, uh, Rob Cantrell. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. I am so excited for this episode. We are going to rock, shock, and not mock. I'm not mocking anybody. I'm fucking up some Earl Grey tea. Uh, I have some a nice Earl Grey. <laughs> We're going to smoke uh, a little bit of a one-hitter, do an Earl Grey. Uh, I'm switching up from uh, coffee to tea. Sometimes you got to do it. It's the fall. Uh, I ran out of coffee beans. I was looking around and I had this great stash box of teas. And if you haven't had teas in a while, they range all over the place, right? Now, Earl Grey, that has some caffeine. That has some kick. That's like an old English man's shoe. (laughs) And just the name always. It always makes me happy when I see Earl Grey. Not that I always love drinking it. You know, I'm more of a peppermint, jasmine, uh, mint type cat, but I do need some caffeine, and Earl Grey's got that. And it also has just a weird, uh, distinct taste and smell and vibe that is not like coffee, but it does get you kind of jacked. Um, and I do have my... Uh, my uh, glass uh, one hitter, my just my chillum. Shouldn't say one hitter, but it has uh, space invaders, aliens coming down on it. And I haven't smoked. I haven't really been smoking all that much. But the one thing about this cannabis coffee hour, and I did meditate today. Uh, it gives me a chance to do two things that I super enjoy. One is doing this podcast. The numbers are going up and up. I see how this thing is playing out. I'm doing a lot of visualization. Are you guys feeling me on that? Doing a lot of visualization. And it seems to be going up to that direction. Like last episode, if you haven't checked it out, 47. I'm super proud of that episode. Uh, I fucked up a couple things on... uh, naming some of the Metallica, well, I had Adam Dubin, he was a director, he is a director, great director, but he also did the videos for Fight for Your Right to Party and No Sleep to Brooklyn, so he did all this early stuff with the Beastie Boys, he was actually Rick Rubin's roommate at NYU, but he was also a filmmaker, and uh, him and his partner, Rick Manello, who I also know, who was also in my cannabis, coffee and weed video. Now, Rick Manello passed. Uh, He died a few years ago, but he also directed like LL Cool J videos. He was like this guy that worked at NYU, the front desk that Rick Rubin and Adam Dubin would talk films with. The guy was a walking psychopedia film. He wrote a bunch of scripts. He actually directed Tougher Than Leather by run DMC, which isn't the best film, but the shots in there are pretty awesome. Like, I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I see where they're kind of going with it. Uh, And if they pulled it off, it would have been dope. The thing about, I mean, it's still pretty dope. There's some pretty, I'll tell you what, the live, the live concert on Tougher Than Leather is one of the best performances, and it has the beasties in there too. But it is literally like, if you want to see the apex of Run DMC's like power when they were like the Led Zeppelin of hip hop, like literally was melted shit down, um, that's a really great performance. Uh, it's on YouTube. YouTube has fucking everything. YouTube has Beat Street. I saw the movie Beat Street, and they show it. They go YouTube without commercials or with commercials, so you can watch it free, but you just get commercials. Oh man. The streaming wars are happening. I got so much to talk about, but let me have a little bit of cannabis because I have the window open. You might be hearing this crazy fall breeze. I got a candle lit. I did my meditation. I did my stretching. Uh, I had a really good bowel movement. (laughs) And now I'm sipping on some Earl 
gray and uh, I'm gonna hit a quick quick chill em and talk to you guys for a while about life, about Zen, about uh, music, about cannabis, about film, about uh, I got some dates coming up. Wow, that tasted great. And the weird thing is, is as soon as I hit that, um, my anxiety went down. And it tasted amazing. And it definitely put me in the mood. I think I was going off a little too fast there in the beginning. Um, but now I'm kind of focusing in. It tasted great. I, got, I think this is like my... I had like, I used a tea bag and I did two cups with that tea bag, but this is a fresh tea bag. So I'm using, I'm giving you guys fresh Earl Grey. Let me taste how, how this Earl Grey tastes. It ain't bad. Cause it does have the kick and it's like cold out. Like I could see in the morning when the day is starting like, sometimes if you just take hot coffee to the gut, some people, I mean, I totally get it. Sometimes that's just a little too strong. Um, but some tea, now tea is like hot. It kind of opens up the nasal passages more. It's, it's uh, therapeutic. And it's also, it's this, actually, I, I got this tea bag. I should check this out. This was tea forte is what this tea bag's all about. Tea Forte, Earl Grey, a timeless expression of robust Assam in Italian bergamot. Wow, those are so, it is a, a robust Assam. I don't know what Assam is. Let's, let's put that into the Google machine. Um, Assam is a state in northeastern India. Uh, in the Himalayas. Oh, wow. That sounds dope. The Himalaya Mountains, man. Tibet. Um, I've been thinking, I've been, I have to say, I mean, as much as I've been enjoying herb as I have, I have been enjoying uh, meditating. I, you know, I, you know, it's just after 40, you just got like real life stuff is happening all the time. So it's like you, you really got to, be able to, I mean, I don't have it. It's a slippery slope when dealing with your emotions and thoughts, but it does give you kind of a perspective uh, meditation. And that, uh, the only reason I'm talking about it is the state of India, because I think this is, Assam is the state in the northeastern India known for its wildlife, uh, ecological uh, sites, and tea plantations. Oh shit. In the West, Guana, Assam's largest city, features silk bazaars. Alright, you can go get some silk. Go down there, get some sweet fucking uh, suits. Get a nice silk suit. Uh, actually, I, I bought a green silk suit in Thailand. <laughs> Not to go off track, but this is one real quick story because I always, I forgot about it. I literally just forgot about it. But that reason when I, right when I was in my 20s, from, from right when I graduated from college, you know, I was an English major. I knew I wanted to get in show business. I wanted like a cool job, but I wasn't sure how to get it. And I pretty much just, you know, drank and partied throughout my college years and got an English degree and was just like, well, come what may, whatsoever is going to happen. But then I was like, man, I got to move out of my mom's house. This is <clears throat> 22, you know, it's just that feeling. And I just, I graduated barely, but I did it. <laughs> four, but I did it in four years. I knocked it out. And I had to go get a real job, which was cool because I was sick of waiting tables so I was kind of and my friends were getting like real jobs and moving into apartments and stuff and shit like that 
Um, so yeah, I got a job, but then I went, the reason I'm saying this is that, uh, like how I first cut, like I knew one guy that was like traveling, I guess right after twenties, either friends were getting jobs or people were like taking two years off and traveling or people were moving to new cities or people, um, and then I knew people that went out to like Colorado for a couple years. Like right after, there's that move in your 20s, you know? You only get your 20s, you are still fucking young in your 20s, you know? Um, so traveling is, or moving someplace sweet, you know? You're gonna struggle and figure it out from the get-go, but you might as well go somewhere sweet. That's when I moved to San Francisco. That's when I did that shit. Because I knew stand-up was gonna be a struggle, so I moved to San Francisco. Um, just being not that I didn't believe in myself. I knew I was funny and I knew I could do it and I could figure it out But I just knew how hard it was and I was right. It's 20 zillion times harder than I ever believed Is the scary thing but at the same time it's made me who I am and it teaches you to rise above and uh, Definitely look on the brighter side and I have been that's what meditation has been giving me a step to try to do things one step at a time like, I love doing this podcast. I really, really do. And hopefully, you know, we're going to keep it going with more guests, uh, more travel. I was going to do a nighttime show. Like, since I know how to use this, like, um, this lavalier, like, I should take it out and maybe just do, like, 10 minutes with somebody um, just to mix it up. And I, I want to do more music. I did... I do, just to tell you what I like about the podcast is that I do like doing the music and doing the beats. Oh, but uh, back to the silk, I'm sorry. The Thailand silk. Uh, I ended up going there and the, like right when you get into Bangkok, like one of the hustles or one of the things is that there's cheap fashion and there's dudes that will sell you suits or and they'll say because it's got great cloth like Thai is known for its silk and it's great cloth and shirts especially for really humid uh, weather but I got this way down in southern Thailand like I just paid 50 bucks and it was like a full-on suit and it was silk and I and I got I got high because in Thailand you could buy weed. I don't know. That was the one thing that I enjoyed about it because you pretty much go down to the southern beaches and cannabis wasn't frowned upon um, and it wasn't like enforced until later. And some of those really like hippy dippy, there's like uh, the place that I would go. I don't want to blow it up, but it's, it was on the movie The Beach, but it's Riley Beach. It's called, it's Riley. Um, and that's like a climber wall. It's a wall that's like, it's like these big shooting rocks out of the ocean. And it's not even a mountain. They're just like these rocks. Go, and they go up and it's like the most ideal climbing wall. And, um, and they have like, you know, kind of huts and places to live down. It just, it was just a small, cool town. Um, but you could smoke cannabis there at the bars. Like you just roll it in your spliff and nobody cared. That was the same as in Philippines, there was hashish up in these rice terraces I went to one time. Um, when I was, when I, I did six months, I went, I went there once for a week. So that's what I'm saying. During this three years of working, I went there once for like a week and that's when I decided like in the next year I was going to quit my job and travel for six months because I'd never been to Europe I never did a big Europe travel all I've been to was Mexico and a couple places uh in Canada so <clears throat> and uh I just knew what was you know just the Thai just the eastern culture just the uh Buddhism just the zenness just the softness um, I have to say meditation and, and just like trying to have more of a, uh, Zen, like life, you know, when you're around it all the time, cause that's the clock they're working on <laughs> in Thailand. That's what you learn. Like, especially like if you go to New York, you understand like 
certain places have certain times. So if you go to New York, there's like boom, boom, boom. You know, it's just like super fast. And kind of aggressive. But at the same time, it can be super chill and straight up. I love New York. I can't diss on New York at all. It's maybe, you know, a lot better comedian. It's giving me a great life. Um, but it's a hustle, you know, it's an, and you got to be loud. <laughs> I'm not that loud, at least not right now. But I don't want to be too quiet. Sometimes when I listen to this podcast, I'm like, why the fuck are you whispering? <laughs> But uh, back to that green suit. So I bought that green suit. But then I wore it once to work and everybody made fun of me. I had a sales job. Yo, everybody made fun of me. Everybody clowned me. I only wore that thing like once. And then I think I wore it once when I was like baked, when I went outside at night or something, out with my friends or something. But uh, yeah, I couldn't pull it off. It just didn't work, man. And it was a green silk suit that I bought while I was high in Thailand. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I also, uh, like I said, I went down to Bali and stayed for a while. But all of this was just like, I saved up a bunch of money for like a year and a half. Like I knew I was gonna quit my job. And then I saved that and spent that on travel and then landed in San Francisco. And that's when I started doing stand-up comedy. And that's, it took me a long time and I had to work a lot of odd jobs and um, a lot of different apartment setups. And, uh, but now it's like, now I got some headlining dates coming. I look back on my career and I love it. You know, I really have done in terms of like stand-up comedy, like in terms of just uh, the physical parts of it, like club shows. Like, we, I loved that last episode with Adam Dubin, how much he loved, like, live comedy. And I have to agree, like, it is... And I didn't see much live comedy until I started performing it. But once I started... When going out and seeing it, it's just pretty amazing, and it's also pretty inspiring. Um, and all kinds of reasons, and a lot of arty-type reasons. Um... Even if you don't do stand-up, I think is like the angle I was trying to like say. Um, but I wanted to give you these dates um, that I have coming up. I got a few booked shows here. I'm headlining, um, I'm doing this place called Subculture in NYC on November 17th. I'm doing Gotham Comedy Club, I believe next week. Um, but it's like a midnight show, so it's just a short set. But that's October 26th. And then I'm doing the Fairfield Comedy Club, um, headlining that in November 22nd. Uh, I should have some stuff up about Detroit and possibly back to California. We're in talks. <laughs> uh, and everything's uh, playing out nice, but I'm going to get those dates up. Uh, I've been performing a ton and not a ton ton but getting out there um a few times uh, last night i was in williamsburg a great show there's two great shows in williamsburg on tuesday nights grand torino uh, my buddy pd diarbo um hosts and then lucas conley has a show at two boats pizza but in the back they have this little cool room they're both amazing shows and that's on Tuesday um and I believe I don't know I think I believe they're mostly free and I'll stop there and work out um I've been learning about Spotify and uh, I got to get these uh these road dates on the Spotify for sure as well um, remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> Anytime you uh, have a dip down, you could just say, uh, remember to like and subscribe. Uh, but please do uh, reach out. Tell me what you think of the podcast. I love doing the uh, interviews. That was my first interview. So I was a little 
uh, all over the map. But I think that's the appeal to this podcast. Uh, but I don't want to do it too amateurish. But I also, um, I think with podcasts, with the sound, um, I just, uh, maybe I'll close the window here. go maybe you did you hear that plane that went overhead somebody's flying um but with audio i do like you know just doing the audio for now and keeping it all kind of simple and confined and kind of at my convenience i really was thinking about maybe even not doing one this week but then i was like no gotta do it gotta put it in and do do the uh, do the reps, and I always enjoy when I do it because it also helps me talk out some of my ideas. Um, like I have been uh, visualizing um, this podcast and getting sponsors involved, and so the more you like and subscribe, the better it'll help me get uh, more clean and mean with the podcast. And I can do it, but I also can do it just like this. And it helps me just to, you know, talk and walk <laughs> and think and write. I got to get my write on. Shout out to Gary Goldman and his amazing new HBO special, The Great Depression. I really dig Gary. I've worked with Gary a few times and uh, he's, a, he's a great dude, great comedian. And he has a great HBO. I think it's super special and brave. And I think it's going to, you know, save lives and shit, you know. Um, so shout out to that. Check that out. I checked that out. Um, just trying to think. Yeah, so that going back to writing. Like, uh, I am getting better with my writing um, a lot. I, what I'm learning <laughs> is... Uh, is all of this stuff, the more you do it, the better and easier it gets to do it. Um, I used to think that was just right with exercise, but now I'm thinking, you know, it's right with meditation. That's what I will, will say. I don't mean to be super meditative, meditative, meditative vibe on this joint, but, uh, but I am proud of it. I am proud of it that I'm doing 15 minutes. And um, if you know me, what I've learned is to think with your higher self. <laughs> so you need to like observe, observe yourself in the third person a little bit when going through distress or making decisions. And that's when meditation has helped me kind of, and clear, and thoughts are nothing. Thoughts just go, you know, and you should not attach emotions to all thoughts because they're running, and uh, meditation helps you, like, calm the seas a little bit. So I have been doing that, and that's been helping. Um, just me getting more flexible and lucid and just doing shit. That's what I've been trying to do is do shit. So it's whether it's a podcast or it's meditating or stretching this morning or uh, enjoying the moment, enjoying the moment, uh, I enjoyed my stretch today, my Rob go, my yoga, <laughs> Rob style. Uh, yo, I'm getting my balance. My balance is coming strong with my one-legged crane. That one-legged crane, you know, the one that you're just standing there and you put your foot on side your other knee like a crane, like you're standing <laughs> like a uh, pink flamingo. You're doing the flamingo and then you're doing the... Uh, you know, the yoga hand clasp in front of your chest, like balancing it all out, balancing on one foot. I've been doing that one and holding it like for 10 seconds. But then I'm getting to a point like, you know, the thing in my mind is like holding it forever. Like getting it to, you know, that point where you're just like, boom, super balanced. Um, and if you like... Yeah, when you're completely centered and you can just sit there and chill, then you can move your head around and stuff and be aware of all kinds of stuff. Being aware in the moment, being spontaneous, um, 
mixing it up. Shout out to Earl Grey. Shout shout out to Earl Grey Tea. Um, it's in me right now. Um, had some lime juice, and I think I got some of that lime seed in there. Is what that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, maybe this tea bag. Did this tea bag bust? Maybe. No, not fully. There's just something. Um, yeah, I think it's like a really good. It's like a really good strong leather shoe, <laughs> Earl Grey tea. Um, yeah, you know me. Um, so I've been uh, enjoying what I'm trying. What music have I been listening to? Mostly writing, and then, yeah, when I'm doing yoga, it's been mostly Grateful Dead. I do yoga to Grateful Dead music, and with mixtures of, like, um, sonic tones. And then also, um, what else is in there? There's a couple Tom Petty songs. Just good vibes. That's what I've been trying to really concentrate is your intention, you know, our, our thoughts are our actions, and actions create our experience, our experience define our character, every day we decide who we will become tomorrow, start today with intention, and uh, my intention was to uh, drink some Earl Grey and talk to you guys about the simpler things, you know, like I'm just enjoying this uh, plant. Uh, I've been watering my plants. My snake plant is uh, doing really well. <laughs> um, but it's growing upside the Buddha's head. It's really funny. Um, but I should probably take a picture of that one day. Um, it looks fresh. And I got my little spot cleaned. And I'm writing. Um, I've been cooking a lot. Um, I've been having soups. Like, it's just straight fall, you know. Um, so I'm going to get some more guests on coming up. Like, I'll just maybe do, like, a few minutes here, a few minutes there. That's what I've been thinking about. And then I've been thinking about doing some more video components. And I know my graphic design is a little basic. So, but I want to take all this stuff on myself, but try to keep it as simple as possible and easily manageable as possible. Because um, there's just so much out there. Um, and I'm excited to bring it to you and tease and see, you know, the, the biggest episodes are the uh, CBD drinks. So I'm going to definitely be doing some more tasting of those um, coming at you very soon. Let's see. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, the thing is, I just, I do have a lot on my plate, so I'm kind of, I'm sorry if I'm stalling, but I'm thinking about, you know, this music that I do want to produce, like this album from my uh, Dreams Never Die and my Keep on the Grass. Because the thing is, I see this thing going up on Spotify, and I know Spotify is kind of controversial in terms of, like, how much money is being made, um, but it is a working, really well working good multi-platform, really great for music. Um, I don't know. Um, so I, would, I don't have any of these music on Spotify. And I have the tracks, but then it's going to take, you know, money to do all that. So once I raise a little bit of money, that's what I should try to figure out. And that's what I'm trying to figure out with this podcast a little bit. So I can keep it going. Um, and drinking more tea and more coffee. So eventually, you know, just try to get it really tight, make it to 100 episodes is my goal. Um, and then maybe by 100, 
start at, you know, half Petreon. And by then, you know, we'll have the guests. I'll have my, I'll have my temperature. I'll read the algorithms. I'll go, I, I should just, just listen to everything and then listen to the people. And then also feel if I enjoy doing it. And, uh, and enjoy, like, um, pushing it forward. But, I, you know, this music project I definitely enjoy doing. And I, I've learned so much about GarageBand doing this podcast. So I definitely enjoy that. And that's helped me um, understand editing more and sound more and doing more films. And, um, yeah, I have some characters and I'm... I have a, an idea for uh, a cooking show. I don't want to break it out on everybody just yet. But I think, you know, a lot of this is I'm just building, and this is kind of like just a fun place for me to have guests on and sample herb and sample CBD. But some days maybe not talk about, you know, um, some days if, you know, just have some Earl Grey tea. I thought the cool thing about the Adam Dubin one is it wasn't really all about herb at all. He wasn't smoking. Um, and so we were just talking all about music. And I didn't really go into the Beastie Boys stuff. I should have gone a lot more into the Beastie Boys stuff um, since we were in Brooklyn. And, you know, I definitely love hip hop and I definitely love the Beastie Boys. Um, but, you know, he, that he, I know he gets asked that all the time. And, uh, but it would have been nice to talk about Rick Manalo a little bit and what that set was like on the, uh, we'll have him on more on the original, uh, you know, on the original No Sleep and Fight for Your Right to Party and, um, and Metallica's Nothing Else Matters. Like, I, like I said, that video is so great. And I loved all the, all the Beastie Boys stuff. The only thing about the Beastie Boys stuff is like, I know it so well. And it's so ingrained that it's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta watch, you know, being influenced by those guys so much, you know. Um, but that's, you know, I do love them and I love Adam Dubin. And uh, I think it's awesome that I got to even work near that camp. Um, but I think his film, I can't wait to go see it at the Nighthawk. I've been on the road, he had it here. It's just the timing hasn't been lining up um, that I got to see it yet. But hopefully, you know, I'm gonna be in Michigan in um, December, it looks like. Uh, it looks like Lansing and then a couple other different spots. And then also, you know, I'm talking to the people in Europe. So <laughs> I think I got a European gig run coming in me too as well. So uh, like I said, my, my, my stand-up has been going great. I'm having fun on stage. I'm writing. Uh, I'm, I'm completely humbled by it all the time. <laughs> it's so hard. And it's so, you know, painstakingly a lot of energy. Um, but... It's also a lot of fun, you know. Same as like surfing. That was the thing I got to do also. I love surfing. I love surfing. Shout out to Bert Kreischer. Uh, I saw him. I think he got a surfboard made. But he, and he's talking to the surfer on his podcast um, about the water's uh, healing. Man, I love surfing. I got into surfing when I was down there. And then I surfed in San Francisco those three years. Like, my roommate was a really committed, big-time surfer. And him and his friend Sam, my buddy Kevin Johnson uh, from Chicago, who was, like, my best friend in college, or one of my best friends. Um, he was from Chicago. There was another friend of mine from Chicago. And uh, I lived with him for a while, maybe for, like, a year. Um, but he had a car and a surf rack, and he had a board, and I could grab a board, and I would paddle out, and a wetsuit. Or I, I think I had a wetsuit for, I think I had a board for a while. I think I had a wetsuit, I had a place, I stashed it, or I used my friends, uh, had booties, which I remember that, like you need boots for your feet when you go out into that ocean. It is so, like, <laughs> surfing, to go from Bali to Northern California, that was like two different extremes. Um, 
and surf, and that was like two different worlds. That's like it, you know, places and environments is like, you know, changes everything. Um, but it, the challenges bring new things or different things di bring different appreciations. Um, and what I appreciated about the, you know, surfing in the cold was, wow, did it really wake you up? <laughs> when you're cold, you're really awake. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was salt water and it was dark and it was gushing. But it was also refreshing. And when the sun would break out, I would say that was some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I mean, surfing in Bali was amazing. But it is kind of just like a beach. It's like the most perfect beach. But black sand, it's like trippy. It's, but it's from the volcanoes. Like, you're straight up on the volcanoes. You're on the island islands. And, uh, <clears throat> and the surf break there is just amazing. It just has a, a different tone and texture to it all. But it's unique and beautiful as they all are, but Northern California's got like, the beaches are cold and they have mountains right behind them like that go straight up. But on good days, they're almost <laughs> like the most beautiful thing you've ever felt in your life, you know? I'm saying like a 90 degree hot day because the sun is out. Um, it's probably like 87 or something, but the sun has a complete direct shot on San Francisco, like it just goes, boom you know it's just like one of those perfect days i don't know if it gets that hot but on perfect days it might man it's just like this crit and you do not want to be inside so i yeah some of those times i really got to see um some of the most beautiful sunsets that's what i'll remember you know it's just like i just remember driving down like the beginning of it's like off at the Sunset District. It's called the Sunset District. And when you're driving down, I remember just seeing the sun drop down. I mean, it is pretty big and it's right there. Um, that beach is awesome right there because the Golden Gate Park goes right there. And then there's this <clears throat> beach. You can take the N. Judah right there. There's a great coffee shop. But the beach is just like... Uh, you know, it's Ocean Beach. It's big, it's gnarly, but on a perfect day, it's amazing. But once you start going down south from there, it gets more and more beautiful, like um, Santa Cruz. But there's one place that has this, like, Taco Bell right on the beach. Pacifica. Oh, man, Pacifica, California. Yeah, that's a place. Uh, actually, I think... My buddy Dan Gabriel, who's a great stand-up comedian, and I think he grew up there. And then he said it was pretty dope. Uh, let's see. Pacifica, California. San Mateo, yeah. Oh man, Wikipedia's hit me up for money. <laughs> You know, Wikipedia, I guess, has been free this whole time. Pacifica, California. San Mateo County, California. Ariel, I mean, this shot's... Okay, there it is. Surfing at Rockaway Beach. Yeah. Pacifica is well-known regionally as a popular surfing destination. Surfers and families often visit Linmar Beach. Yeah. Lindemar, Lindemar Beach, Rockaway Beach is a scenic location and offers recreation, shopping, and dining. 2005 uh, marked the opening of the top-ranked Pacifica Skateboard Park. Yeah, they, I did see the skateboard park got put in there. Pacifica also is a, I didn't know, the popular mountain bike destination. Wow. Cross trails, oh man. It's like this little town right below San Francisco, but it's right on this nook. Um, and when the sun is out there, it's amazing. So 37,000 people, and Mitch Hedberg lived there for a while when he was living like in San Francisco. They said he lived down there and would catch rides, but that's the only thing, it's like a 30 minute ride 
to San Francisco. Like it's um, and San Francisco is like this small city. Maybe me, but more like an hour and a half ride um, in a car. Maybe like an hour. It definitely would take you an hour. Um, but it's not that far. But it's like the traffic and getting to the end of town, stuff like that. Um, so hopefully in 2000, I've been putting out dates for 2020, which has been blowing my mind. Uh, I started stand-up in 1999. Um, so it's coming on 20 years I've been doing stand-up comedy, which is a trippy number. But, you know, there's a lot of people that have been doing it even longer than I have. So it's like humbling. Like as, mu as much as I want to be like, man, fuck y'all. Like I've been doing this 20 years. And I do feel that, like in a sense of like the art, in a sense of just doing it. But it's a slippery slope too. It's tricky there because you can't ever say that you got it because you always got to be writing and doing stuff. And, um, you know, getting on stage and always booking gigs and all that. So, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. So that's what I've been trying to do is just do all the work um, so I haven't been smoking that much weed, like, I have been cutting back, uh, I had, like, a kind of a rough, one night I couldn't get to sleep and it didn't help, um, so I've been trying to, like, lay off of it, maybe get some, I need to get more CBD rolling, but I've been getting some stuff done and I enjoy it and I like it and I ha I can't say that, like, I gotta say, like, it does help me, I think a lot of it's just my mind. And just, you know, learning to balance and enjoy what I'm doing right at the moment. That's the thing about this podcast. Like, I start talking and then I'll talk about so many different other things. And then I'll get anxiety from talking about so many different other things that I got to learn to, like, finish that thought, come back. And that will help me. That's what I do love about doing this podcast. It does help me with my stand-up um, and just, like, working out some bits. Um, but I have been doing some newer, newer openers and stuff on stage. Um, I would like to say them, but I don't want people, I, w I want to give people, you know, um, you know, a little bit of the surprise if I just, that's the thing about podcasts and stand up. It should be a little bit one or the other, but I've been doing this joke about the Billy Goat Gruffs, about the story about the Billy Goat Gruffs, and there's not really a, uh, a bit. It's just me telling the story about the story of Billy. I don't know. I've ta maybe talked about this shit before on here because I know I've talked it out. But it is the one joke that sometimes hits and sometimes does not. And it's it, but it's so much fun. And when it is, it's like a different. I don't know. It's just a different gear. It's a different sound. It's a different feel because it's so goofball. Um, and I'm literally just telling the story of three goats. Like, the story is pretty much like the three goats walk out and the troll's like, I'm going to eat you. Then the one dude sells out the other. The other brother sells out the other brother. Then the last brother just beats the shit out of the troll. Uh, and then they go eat grass. <laughs> like, that's the whole story of the Billy Goat Gruff, you know. So I've been telling that on stage, but it, it's, it takes too long. Like... Right during the second, by the time I'm talking, you know, my fucking talk, my garbled all over the place stuff. Uh, but I'm getting better at, at, at fine lining it. But, but by the time I get to the second goat, people are like, either they're in, either I'm, they're laughing with me, or they're checked out. Like, they're like, I don't know about this dude. Or not, I don't know about this dude. They're just like, not getting, uh, maybe I just need to find a couple other punchlines in there. Because um, I've got to work through the whole fucking story. Um. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this other thing about, like, kombucha as well. That might be a good, like, video to do. Maybe I'll do that um, as a video project. Um, yeah, that might be a lot of fun. Um. And this tea. I don't know. I'm fucking with this tea. Send me what you think. Uh, send me an email of what you think about the podcast, but don't be a dick. Um, but nobody has. <laughs> so if you've made it this far, I think maybe you're enjoying the, the stuff. 
but uh, contact at Rob Cantrell because I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. Um, I'm loving doing this podcast. Um, and I hope to do this. Okay, I'll, le- I'll let you know that I may pitch a food show called Fried Bologna. <laughs> it's just uh, just making, because I've been just making like quick quesadillas. Like I just made, I had some bunch of yogurt and I just had some marmalade. Uh, some like Christmas marmalade, but it was jarred up good. And I took the marmalade and I just whipped it up in the in the good, just but it was plain yogurt, and it tasted amazing. Um, yeah, somebody gave me some. I was thinking about put. Somebody gave me some, gifted me. Was kind enough to gift me, and I haven't taken it or I haven't eaten it. But it's peach hair habanero hot sauce. Um, but it's like weeded out, but I don't know what I would put if it's hot, I think it's, so it's hot sauce, but it's like peach, like just gooey weed peach, uh, hot sauce. It sounds delicious, but I don't know what to put it on. (laughs) And, uh, but I looked up the company and the company seemed really legit, um, so I'm gonna maybe Google some recipes. Like it just, it's tripping me, like how I talk all soft in this thing, like, but it does trip me out. And that's when I feel confident that I do think that, you know, cannabis is becoming majorly legal. I mean, Howard Stern and Jimmy Kimmel have been talking about it, you know, the last few weeks on like national television, like it's everywhere. I guess just when I got arrested here in New York, you know, and I did three nights in jail, it just scared me to the point where I was like, you know, it does, I think I do have a little PST, you know, or whatever. I have a little bit uh, post-traumatic, not as much as, you know, most, you know, but it was, it was rough. Um, and, to, you know, when I tell people that story, I think the older and older I get, the more and more I tell that story, um, it's going to be, you know, wild because I just think it's becoming legal. A lot of it, I think, is due to mental health and environmental I mean, there is that book, you know, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, Jack Herrera, who, you know, had all these um, benefits of cannabis and how the planet pretty much needs it to be um, legalized for these specific reasons. And a lot of those reasons are outside smoking it. And one of them is it makes plastics. And the other one is a resource for tough clothing and a resource for good paper. Why would you make good paper like illegal? And like uh, the parachute, I guess the thing was like uh, the parachute that George Bush Sr. jumped in in the Korean War or World War II was made out of hemp paper, like all, or hemp fiber, not paper, hemp, hemp rope, hemp fiber. It's, it's just supposedly like super strong, like the fiber that it makes. It's like tougher than cotton. It's tougher than all. It's like just a fucking high end. Um, But since it was legal, it's hard to produce and it's hard to make. So then the price point goes up and then people can't buy it or they're like, I'll just get some cotton shit over here. Um, I think, you know, some of this stuff is uh, just, but I have been doing a lot of cannabis cups and I have written for high times. Um, And hopefully I'll get to do some stuff with them again. I was going to do their Instagram live with Danny Danko. We were talking about it, but I got jammed up. Um, But I didn't get jammed up and I'm not eating that jam. Maybe I'll eat that jam for the next episode. The hair banero hot sauce. Uh, Could be funky. I always, this, this Earl Grey is giving me some funky ass Earl Grey. I got breath like Earl Grey right now. But uh, I have enjoyed it, you know, and it is kind of cold out there. Um, and this is just like, I'm hanging out, um, I'm looking at the trees change, I'm thinking about my life, thinking about all the changes, uh, thinking about hunkering down, thinking about going strong, thinking about rising up, thinking about singing a song, thinking about doing this, thinking about doing that, gotta take a nap. Get some good Z's, then I'm gonna please on the stage and at the rave, (laughs) then I'm gonna rock.
around the clock. And then I'm going to bed. And then I'm listening to the Grateful Dead. And then I'm doing yoga. And then I'm doing a podcast. And then I'm going to send some emails trying to make the life, my life and career last. Uh, run the sail up full last. Lots of air. Feel the blast. We are sailing out on the seas. We are pirates. This is the disease. I'm running wild out on the podcast range. Here I am. Yeah, it's fucking really strange. But it's not too weird. Just hitting some herbs. Drinking some tea. Saying some words. This is a podcast for me to you. It's the cannabis coffee hour. Now do what you gotta do. And what you gotta do is like and subscribe. And what you gotta do is stay alive. Stay positive. Stay away from negative. Do some yoga. Play some sports. Run around. Ride a horse. (laughs) But of course... Like and subscribe. Uh, no, thanks so much. I don't know. That was just like a dumb freestyle. But that's how we, do, you know how I do this. Um, I'm learning. I'm living. I'm loving. And I love you for listening to this podcast. Peace. Rock on. I'm out.